Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hughes Sports Podcast for the week of May 22nd. Um, our first Monday. We're fashionably on time. Well, technically, I think if we skip over the intro like we did live on YouTube here, um, we're on time. There we go. There we go. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're kind of on time. Uh, old man, how the hell are you doing? I am doing great. I'm kind of disappointed. We were supposed to go to the football game today, but um, of course, with my lungs, I got to be so careful. And when we had to make the decision, it was still smoky. And I said, nope, not going. And it's a good thing you did um, because it was it was a miserable, miserable day. What are you football. doing? It was a miserable, miserable day <laughs> to watch football. It was. It was. It was smoky to start. And then the rain came in. The lightning came in. There was like an hour delay at halftime because of a massive um, thunder lightning storm went over top of McMahon. Even Bev, my sister-in-law, who is like the diehard Stampeders fan, she will stay at anything. I've seen her there at minus 40. She left. Oh, Preseason really? Preseason game, and yeah. apparently it was raining way too hard. <laughs> That's fair. It, it was, Yeah, it wasn't a great day for football. No. Um, but it is a great day to talk football. Yes, See, we have a special this guest. Start, this is the start of the CFL season. Um, I'm hearing things. So if you are looking around what I'm doing, uh, old man, I'm hearing things. Uh, it could be my neighbors upstairs. It could be my roommate. We're, we're trying to figure it out. So if I get distracted at any point, I hope you pick up the ball. Like, <laughs> you kept doing this. You're doing this. And I was like, what is? It sounds like it's coming right here. Like I have my earbuds in. So it sounds like it's coming oh, like right okay. here. So I don't we'll, know. We'll let your way with on. that then. Um, yes. You mentioned we have a special guest. Uh, we do. Joining us today. So let's bring him in. Uh, his name is Darren DuPont. Um, let me bring up everything because apparently... Darren, how are you, buddy? Guys, you let him call you old man on here, Kevin? I do. It's just it's a <laughs> thing. He's always called me old man, probably from the time I'm guessing he was early teens. Probably early teens, yeah. When it started. Okay. And it's just so there's been a precedent that's been established here. It's well, okay. Exactly. It's It's a loving thing, just like my nickname for him... Can I say it on air? I mean, you can do it. You know what the great thing is, is we're on YouTube. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. Well, I, I his, and I say it lovingly and people get mad when I say it, but I call them dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it with love in my heart. It's taking it back to, uh, to red on that 70s show. <laughs> yep. That's exactly where I got it from. <laughs> I love it. So how you doing, my friend? I am doing really good. I'm uh, disappointed we didn't get the football game in today. But uh, no, for the most part, doing really, really well and uh, glad to be on here with you guys. Awesome. Awesome. You didn't get a football. You mean the Stampeder game? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got this new platform to watch games on and thought we'd get to watch a full game. And um, just happy that, uh, that for the most part, training camps are going off pretty well and the smoke's not, not interrupting too much of it. What's it like in Saskatchewan for the smoke? I know down here the last week and a half have been hell. Off and on. It really hasn't been too bad. The last couple of days have probably been the worst. Um, it's pretty, I'm just looking outside. It's pretty hazy right now. Um, you know, you can see it in the sun, but really it's not that bad. It really isn't. Not, not nearly, you know, what we're, what you guys are experiencing there in Alberta and, um, and in Calgary, you know, I even saw it, you know, coming through there, um, you know, last week and, you know, it's not great, but it's much better where we are. Yeah. 
definitely, definitely. I mean, I can't imagine being up north right now in northern oh, Alberta, I know. The fires. I I feel for the people. If anybody's listening up um, up north Alberta, we're thinking of y'all. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, it's it's brutal up there. I have a couple friends who are up in Edmonton, and one of them works outside for a living, and yeah. he's doing what he can. But he's like, yeah, we'll go out, we'll do things for five minutes, and then we'll go back and sit in the vehicle for ten. Because yeah. you can't breathe, you can't catch your breath, and it's um, oh. it's brutal. And I couldn't imagine trying to be a pro athlete uh, up in Edmonton, like the uh, the elk up there, trying to oh. run practice outdoors. And again, you run for five minutes, and it takes you twenty to catch your breath. I know. I haven't heard much of the elk training camp. I know the lions moved indoors, and I know Saskatchewan moved indoors. I'm sure the elks probably moved inside as well. Yeah, they have, and they've had they have great facilities there to to be able to go inside. The University of Alberta um, has some opportunities, although I don't know if they've been in the dome or not. Um, but there's the field house, and they've got the beautiful dome on Foot Field that they use to be able to train twelve months of the year. They put that up in the winter, so that's pretty awesome. That's cool, Jake. You have some questions for our guest. I have all sorts of questions for our guest, but I kind of want to do a quick rundown. I know, Darren, you weren't able to catch most of the game. Old man, I know you caught most of the game, if not all of it. I caught, I would say, 90% of it. We did turn it off after like the half hour of um, extra of halftime, even though it was Mark Steven, who was is really good. <laughs> but because uh, what, what they did is they showed the... Um, regular cameras, but they had 770 QR 770 doing the play by right. play, which was really cool. I don't think they'll do that for regular season. Is that right, Jake? No, yeah, they announced that uh, for TSN Plus. So, th- those of you in the United States who want to watch and it's not carried on CBS Sports Network, it will uh, be the TSN broadcast that you get with CFL Plus. Um, so, it'll be a proper professional broadcast because it was nice to be able to watch. It was nice to be able to watch the game, but having it with the stadium camera and uh, uh, and the radio play-by-play, it felt like watching a junior league game. It's, it was disappointing. The second half was better. They did something with their feed, and uh, you know, in the fir- um, when they went to commercials in the first half, they just came up with um, commercial break in process stream will yeah. resume shortly in the second half. They actually had pictures of the stadium people in the stadium. So it became more interactive while you're watching it and not as boring. I'll say I um, see. I'm hoping that's what they do for the regular season. So if somebody's picking it up from the States and watching it for the first time, it doesn't look like they're watching a high school game. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. Like, especially, you know, anything that's online in the streams, like even Sportsnet. Sorry to cut you off, Darren. Sounds like you're having some technical difficulties. We're having some. You sound like Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Sounds like you just did a shot of helium. Did I? Did I do that? There there we go. We're back. That was awesome. Oh. So we're okay. okay. We're good. We're good now. It was like, what are you smoking over there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> you got a little fun over here. Um, but no, like, you know, you watch the NHL center ice package, you watch the NHL playoffs on Sportsnet, any of their digital feeds, there's no commercial breaks. I mean, it just says commercial break in progress. Well, they haven't sold any. 
Yeah. And they have a little looping uh, visual that really isn't much. I, I don't like it either. Like, I wish they at least had a countdown clock or something to let me know how much time was left so I could, you know, get up and go to the washroom. So the product will evolve, but 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 just showing TSN Plus saying commercial break in progress, that's not any different than what the NHL is doing, Sportsnet or, or other entities with their digital uh, OTT platforms. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Now, you do a lot of play-by-play for um, Canada West. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. That is cool. Now... Where is that stream? Is that streamed or is that just on uh, Both. Shaw? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it used to be the Canada West on Shaw until Shaw dissolved their, their stations. It transitioned into what's known now as the Canada West Showcase. It's a, a group of, of networks across Western Canada that cover the games on television. So um, it's distributed through on pay-per-view through Bell MTS, um, Sastel Max, uh, TELUS in Alberta, and I think belly or uh, tell us again out in, in bc um all across television to, to all the subscribers get it for free so that's cool when i say pay-per-view it's not a paid you don't have to pay for the game on tv and then the canada west uh, streaming platform canada west tv does pick up our call for all those featured games of the weeks as well oh very cool very yeah cool. it's cool that is cool i want to i'm gonna try to see if i'm if I can actually watch some games i don't have yeah. tell here in alberta i have shaw so i'm gonna have to figure out a way to to circumvent that they may give me a username and a password so maybe uh one no, week i was gonna I'll, say um... <laughs> give you the inside don't tell your viewers <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> keep that quiet link exactly exactly <laughs> so D- darren how did you get involved with canada west and, and u-sport play-by-play because it's kind of it's a very niche thing up in canada it's not like down the states and i know it we is have some american viewers who understand ncaa and college ball yeah. is huge it's not that way up here no but it did used to be bigger i mean tsn used to cover the vanier cup and, and still has on occasion cbc now covers it on the major network so at least there are certain games you know across major national networks in canada but not not all year long like you get with ncaa college football um the story for me getting into football was random actually it's how i got into tv i had come back in 2009 um, from a stint up in, in Dawson Creek, um, doing radio and doing uh, hockey play-by-play up there. And I came back to freelance and work in, in Saskatoon. And I was going back to school, working on my, uh, my bachelor's degree in business. And I went over to Bob Baker, who was running the local Shaw outlet. And I said to Bob, I said, look at all these jobs I'm applying for for TV say I need experience. How do I get experience if all the jobs need experience? So I said, what can I do for free? Like, can I just get some experience? He's like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, why don't we do some football stuff? I'd like to do, what if I did a show every week on the Husky football team? And he said, okay. So we ended up putting together a 30-minute magazine show. I called it Huskies All Access. They showed me how to, they let me all the gear, the cameras, the microphones. They showed me how to um, use their editing suite. So I learned how to use Final Cut Pro, which is the, Um, Mac and Apple software, learned how to use Adobe. They showed me how to do that. They even built me a little mini studio and I got a couple of co-hosts. Yeah, it was awesome. So I went to the games. I went to the practices. I shot my own interviews. Like I set the camera up, turned the little viewfinder around, did it myself, did the audio tests, had a bunch of interviews where I wasn't even on the screen for the first little while, you know, learned it all. I cut the highlights um, and we put together this half hour show every year. And one day, 
Um, there was a, a guy that did some of the sideline work. His name is Dave Thomas, very talented broadcaster in Saskatoon, a really good guy. He couldn't do one of the games. And so Bob came to me and said, Hey, Dave can't do the game, you know, next Friday. Um, I was looking at your stuff. It's really good. Would you be interested if I passed your name along? I said, yeah, of course I would. So they passed it along to Dave Roberts, the producer. He called and I got the job. So I got on the sidelines to do the game and, and Dave is pretty good. He's pretty, um, pretty good at working with new talent. Doesn't put you in, in, in uncomfortable positions, puts you in, in spots to succeed. So, you know, I kept it pretty small. The first couple of games, the first game just did a couple of hits, um, few interviews, that type of thing. And they liked what I did. So they asked, would you like to come back? And so I kept coming back doing some sidelines. Then I started hosting games. Um, I hosted and, and covered um, a couple of hardy cups before I finally got my chance to go upstairs into the booth and do play-by-play, which is what I really love to do. And uh, did play-by-play the first year um, and got asked to call the Hardy Cup, the, the championship. And so I've called the last two, the last two Hardy Cups and uh, it's been going really, really well. That's so cool. So cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Now you got into radio as well at that point, did you not? I went to Western Academy back in 2006. And so my first job was uh, in the fall of 2006 in, uh, in Kindersley. It was the voice of the Kindersley Clippers. So that was my first job. That's when I got into radio was okay, the uh, 06, 07 you. season. We got to stop you. What the fudge is – what, the Clippers? The Kindersley Clippers, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're right down the road, I guess, Drumheller, the Dragons, uh, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So, yeah. Uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Gotcha. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great, actually. You know, um, I was I was playing football at the time, um, and I and I um, got the call to get the job uh, in Kindersley. It was funny. I was I was at camp at the Regina Thunder Junior Football. Um, just lost actually in the uh, Canadian Junior Championship this year to the Okanagan. But oh, wow. I was in camp. I was in camp, and I started developing tendonitis in my knees. And they cut me just before the preseason game and kind of feel like Sean Lemon over here, but no, they cut me. <laughs> and I say that like I, like I had earned it. Hey, like I was a all-star <laughs> or something. I'm trying to make the team here. This is a disrespectful thing to say to Sean, but, um, Sean, if you know, you're listening, I, we're sorry. yeah, <laughs> did not mean disrespect. No, not comparing myself to you, but I got cut. Um, and I'm working at Dairy Queen in Regina as a job living in town now with nothing, no football to play. Um, I mean, working at Dairy Queen wasn't my dream, not that it's a bad thing. But four days after I got cut, a guy by the name of Mike Henschel, who I went to broadcast college with, he had landed the new morning show job in Kindersley at a new FM station. Um, he called and asked how football was going. He said, how's it going? And I said, well, I just got cut. He said, that's actually really convenient because we need a play-by-play guy for the hockey team. And I thought of you and I wasn't sure what you were doing. You said you wanted to get into sports. So literally the next week I drove to Rosetown, Saskatchewan, interviewed with Tia Daniels, the program director, um, went and met the coach and got the job. Nice. Wow. Nice. So it really worked out. Like it, it, it was, it was kind of luck, right place, right time. And uh, none of this probably would have happened if, if Mike hadn't called or I hadn't got cut by the thunder. Everything for a reason, right? Big time. I've said it so many times. Everything happens for a reason. Now oh, you yeah. ended up at one point working with Mr. Peterson, Mr. Rod Peterson. Yes. How did that come about? That was well, it was as well. Yeah, it really wasn't until 2015 
Um, I mean, we had maybe, I think I had done one or two interviews on his old radio show, uh, the sports cage, uh, back when he was working on local radio in Regina. Um, but it was 2015. I was at Ryder training camp. I was doing some work there, um, for access communications and a little bit for the radio station in Saskatoon. And that's when I really met Rod. We knew who each other were, but we didn't really know each other. And that's the first time we really got face to face time. And we hit it off like crazy, um, just really quickly. And so that we hit it off so well, he asked me to co-host one of his afternoon radio shows, the, the sports talk shows. I co-hosted with him one day, then it turned into a second day. And then it turned, I mean, his regular co-host came back, um, but then it turned into um, me spending more time in Regina. And when I was in town, he asked me to come into the show and it just grew and grew and, and grew from there. So yeah, way back in 2015 is when that relationship started. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Jake. I kind of took over there. You, you no, have you're good. Questions, I can tell. No, you're good. I'm, uh, I, I was actually building questions towards the CFL. So it's, uh, uh, well, we're, we're going to get there because now Darren's working with Rod Peterson in 2015. As most people know, Rod was the voice of the riders for 20 years. So that must've been what about he's probably 12 to 14 years in 15 years in at that point. Yeah, for 15 for sure. Yeah, I believe his last year was 2018 or 20, uh, 2018 was his last season with the team. Oh, okay. So he would have been more than that then, eh? He would have been... Uh, yeah, it would have been really close to the end. Yeah. 17, 16, Very 17. cool. So we're not going to go into a big detail on what happened. <laughs> Why why Rod isn't with the riders? I have a funny story I got to tell you off air tomorrow when I talk to you. It's a okay. really funny story. Anyway, um, you decided to start DuPont Media. Yeah, DuPont Media started back in 2014 when I started the TV show Huskies All Access. Oh, okay. Um, that's when it started. Um, I, I had a vision at that point that um, it was going to grow beyond one show. Right. Um, I wasn't envisioning getting the call to do play by play and um, moving into the live broadcast side of things. But, you know, as you say, things happen for a reason. So I started the, uh, the company then when I shut that show down, DuPont Media went dormant. Um, that was really the only purpose. It wasn't doing anything. So in 2019, when uh, we had this idea for the for the Rod Peterson show, that's when I fired DuPont Media back up um, oh, okay. to kind of launch to launch Rod's show. I thought you know what, this is exactly what I wanted to do when I started the show in Saskatoon, but now it's on a bigger scale. So uh, that's where, that's really when it, when it started for real. And uh, I guess you could call it 2.0. 2.0. That's cool. Um, as For people who don't know, um, Darren is Rod's co-host or the co-host on the Rod Peterson show. Um, the Moose, as he's referred to on the show, uh, we I still don't know. Is there a story behind the moose? I think there I is. I don't remember it. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, Rod asked me once on the air, he's like, why does nobody ever call you moose? Nobody has. Nobody's ever. One time I was called moose. And the reason, I mean, the Rod asked is from the former Broad Street bully, um, Andre Moose Dupont, playing the National Hockey League with Philadelphia. And I mean, tough as nails, tons of penalty minutes. And so it was funny. One time I was playing peewee hockey or whatever year we just started hitting. I don't know if it had moved to Adam at that time, if it was peewee. Now it's you, what, 14 or whatever it is. But yeah. um, I didn't hit. 
you know, I scored goals and made, you know, played forward. I wasn't tough. I didn't want to get hit. I didn't do any hitting, but we were playing Wadena and one of their players came across the middle and I laid what, I mean, best check I've ever laid, but I just laid them out like huge hit. And the players down on the ice, the coaches got to come out, the trainers, they all got to come out. They stopped the game for five minutes. And my coach was like, oh my God, you're just like the moose. I'm like, who's the moose? He's like, Moose Dupont. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm feeling bad because this player's hurt. And wouldn't you know, um, they got to take the helmet off the player. And I find out it's a girl. It's a girl. It's not even a guy. So I feel really bad. Well, now my coach is giving it to me. It's like, oh, just like the moose would have done. Moose wouldn't have hit a girl, right? <laughs> Anyways, so moose stuck for about, you know, two days right um when i was little and so i told that story on the air um when rod asked about it and ever since he's called me the moose and the moose has kind of been exclusive to the rp show nobody outside the show ever calls me moose no it's just just rod rod has just a, rod. If you haven't watched the show you gotta watch the show because rod yeah. literally has a nickname for everybody that watches the show it's, yeah it's an interactive show and if you're watching if you comment, he will give you a nickname. I guarantee you. Yeah. Big time. Cool. So the uh, CFL, Jake, what do you want to ask? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're coming up on to, I mean, first off, breaking news. Florida just scored. It is now one nothing. Florida. <laughs> of course they did. With 10 minutes to go in the I've, seconds. I've never seen a team get outplayed and find ways to win like they have over this it's round, the last round, and even against Boston. I mean, it feels like a team of destiny, but I didn't... picked them to win the cup. Yeah, Jake, yeah. did you or I did picked... you just did you just hit the random button until they ended up with Florida <laughs> winning the cup? Okay, whichever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the CFL. So doing the U Sport uh, Canada West, you probably know yeah. a lot of these players before they or know of them, anyways, as they're That's coming right. up through the ranks. What players out there now did you see in college and say, oh, he's going to make an impact in the CFL? Yeah, I was a big fan of Stavros Katzentonis. Um, he's, he's had some success now in the Canadian Football League. And I, when he was with UBC, and I believe it was the year they won their Vanier Cup, for sure it was the years after. I was a big fan of his. It's, it's really tough because, you know, the Canadian college player doesn't get a ton of looks, right, every time. Um, when you look at the Canadian Football League draft. But there's some offensive linemen, some linebackers um, that tend to tend to do really well in transition. The U of S Huskies have put a couple out that you'd be familiar with. Nathan Cherry, right, was, a, I believe, a BC Lion. Um, very good. And there's a couple of a new ones. You know, the Regina Rams have a couple of players, Jackson Ford being one that went to the Riders. Um, Anthony Bennett's another one that was drafted by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's a, those are two young players. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do at the next level. Um, Anthony Bennett came in Regina product family here, but he came from Florida, Western Florida, um, played at Florida Atlantic FAU before tran transferring to uh, the U of R. His brother had played at the U of R as a slot receiver. It was okay. Big athletic family, but Anthony Bennett's just one of those kids, I think, who's just going to find a way to have success in Winnipeg. I mean, they've got a great defensive line with Jeff Code and Jefferson and, and, and the guys they have. But um, Anthony Bennett's a kid full of personality. He's, he's probably the favorite, my favorite player that's come out of 
Canadian college football that I'm looking forward to watching and seeing how his pro career develops. Oh, cool. Cool. We'll have to write that name down, Jake. That will be one to watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael, sorry, just, I mean, on that, Michael O'Connor was another guy, excuse me, that I'd followed quite a bit, um, watched him come from Penn State to UBC and, and lead them on a crazy run. Um, And even before that, he's not in the league anymore, but I was a big Andrew Buckley fan, not only as a player, as a person. He actually got on the field a little bit in Calgary, backing up Bo Levi, but I mean, he's gone on to med school and, and he's doing f- phenomenal things outside of football. So there's wow. always a few kids and, and we're seeing more and more quarterbacks getting a shot now, it feels like, than ever. Which is so cool. I love seeing a Canadian quarterback yeah. get a shot. It's, um, Nathan Rourke now did, did, just came out, I think, today that uh, the NFL can dress three QBs and not the third QB won't go against their um, roster. Yeah. That's Which big for him. Reportedly, could be could be dressed. Just yeah, saying. that would be big for him. Yeah, and, and that hasn't been confirmed by the NFL. It's been confirmed by all the insiders, but hasn't been, yeah. been confirmed by the NFL. So very cool. You brought up um, the defense of line. We heard just yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yep. It was yesterday. Sean Lemon was cut by the BC Lions so they could sign Jonathan Kongbo. Thoughts on that? Well, Kabongo's a, a great player. I mean, he played in Winnipeg before going to the NFL. He's young, um, you know, spent some time with the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah. Really talented, big ceiling. Um, had some injury concerns, so he didn't get drafted right away in the, into the NFL, but then got his shot. Now he's back. I don't know for how long, if this turns into a um, the rest of his career in the Canadian Football League or not. Look, getting Jonathan Kabongo, that's a big get for the BC Lions. Huge. Um, he's, he's got the Canadian passport. Um, it makes Sean Lemon expendable. This is one of the crazy weird things about the CFL. You've got the reigning West most outstanding defensive player nominee cut. And if you talk to Sean and you follow him on social media, he's talking about how great of a training camp he's had. And, you know, he's kind of the face of that defense. And he literally said it was the best training camp he's ever had. Right. And that's what's wild about the CFL. But look, you know, when you look at, at Rick Campbell in BC and, and you look at, at some of these guys who have been around the league a while, they're pretty good at knowing what strings to pull, um, making a move just before a player's best before date. Not saying that Sean Lemon's at his best before date, but he's gone through this too. It almost seems like Sean Lemon has never really got garnered the respect, whether it was, I mean, racking up sacks in Calgary, Toronto, um, Saskatchewan. It always seems like he gets discarded. And then what does he do? Just shows up and becomes an all-star on the next team. So whatever Sean decides to do, right. And he continues to be an all-star. He continues to be, you know, an elite player in the league. So I'm sure whatever he decides to do or where he lands, um, if he does, if he's going to keep playing, He's going to be highly, highly motivated. So that's what you're going to get if you're going to go after Sean Lemon. What is he? About 34, I think. 34. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so I know, I know, getting up there a little bit. I mean, I say that. I mean, I'm 36 now. So <laughs> doesn't I, this suck? Colin, that's how we treat athletes, right? Like this old 34 year old. Meanwhile, you know, I feel like a young 36, right? So <laughs> well past he'll be. Time. <laughs> yeah. So I feel bad for him, but. And now he's going to have to wait a little bit, probably. But if he gets his shot, I think he'll be highly motivated. 
Yeah, I, I well, would and all it ta- all it takes is a is an injury in the pre in the next couple of weeks for a That's team right. to reach out and say, "Hey, we've got the spot." Yeah, or does and, a team like Edmonton zap them up quicker, or even the Red Blacks? They might. Right, they absolutely might. He's played for Chris Jones before. Yeah, that, and I was the first one that came to mind was because he's played for Chris Jones. That was in Saskatchewan. Yeah, was it not? I believe so. Yeah. Now you're a Saskatchewan boy. You're you're obviously a Riders fan. We won't hold that against you because <laughs> we kind of like you. Um, <laughs> predictions for this year. Where do you where what are you looking for? Especially with this, uh, we're gonna especially with the Riders. Um, they had such a disappointing season last year. I know. What? Where? Where do? Where do they go this year? I, there's nowhere to go but up. I feel like I, I. I like what you know. Jeremy O'Day has done with the group. Um, I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. But you know, Trevor Harris, I think is is going to add some life and positivity to the offense, which is great. Um, I'm interested to see if he can reignite Darrell Walker in that receiving core. Um, but the biggest concern was along the offensive line. I think they've made some strides to address that. I don't know if they've made enough. Um, so that's for me, I'm really going to be dialed in on the riders, you know, for the first three or four weeks of the season to see if they've cleaned up some of these issues. You know, they've got a new offensive coordinator, Colin plays new quarterback, bit of a retooled offensive line. So there's going to be, it's going to be a learning period and, and, um, a growth period, but I think it's going to be fun. And I think they're going to be okay. I really do. And I mean, let's face it, last year you could have had anybody back there tossing the ball from Rourke to, you name it. Dan Marino back there. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) when you don't have, you literally didn't have an offensive line, he's going to be on his back a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why I'm really curious to see how Cody does in in Montreal. That's one of the other storylines, you know? Yes. Um, Not that Montreal is sitting here with a Grey Cup ready roster on paper a lot of people are picturing or predicting montreal to finish near the bottom of the league but i actually think they're going to surprise a lot of people too um i didn't know if jason moss and cody fajardo were on the same game plan or the same page last year i thought there was some friction there if you looked at body language and sideline communication but jason moss signed as the coach and after that cody fajardo signed as a quarterback in free agency so clearly they don't hate each other. Clearly, they're willing to work together. So I think that's really intriguing to me and something I'll be following. I think it's going to be a neat storyline, especially um, to see where how well Montreal does, because I agree. I think yeah. they're going to be the surprise in the East. Um, Winnipeg, of course, being Winnipeg, I still like to refer to them as the Smurf Mafia. Uh, they're fans, but because um, they've taken over from you. Your Ryder fans are not the worst fans in the league anymore. It's now the Smurf Mafia. The worst and fans are always the ones that are winning all the time. And isn't it? Then, and, then, then you become annoying, and that's the circle of life, man. And then you start to lose, and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. I mean, look at Saskatchewan when they lost for how many years, and everybody loved Ryder fans because they sold out. Didn't matter. They're the lovables of the CFL. And then yeah. you started winning, and nobody liked you. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> right? Um, in the West, who's your team? Who's your surprise pick in the West? It's Edmonton. Um, oh, really? Didn't win a game at home last year. Yeah. But for me, I, I'm always a give Chris Jones um, time kind of guy. 
every year it feels like he makes significant strides going back to what he did in Saskatchewan every year got better and better and better. So I'm picturing a vast improvement um, from Edmonton. A lot of that will hinge on their quarterback play. Um, they probably have the, you know, are the one group where, you know, Taylor Cornelius is there. I don't know what for, what the status is of Ford and, you know, who, you know, how well he'll play, but it's the one team in the league for me that I've got a big question mark around the play at quarterback, but they've got some weapons. They've made some moves in free agency. And um, I like a Chris Jones year two team to, to make some strides. Well, and Edmonton is kind of the team I'm looking at just because they've got, I think, one of the best football minds um, in their front office being Mr. G-Roy. Um, yeah. And he'll tell you that, apparently, um, that he's the greatest <laughs> football mind. And it's, I don't think it's being cocky when you can back it up. I think it's called confidence, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and you've also got um, the godfather of the CFL. you got Wally Buono as a special advisor up there still. So oh, do you? Thought, I didn't know. I thought he was done there. I don't believe so. I believe he had. I believe he was advising for this year as well. Darren, do you know that? Great question. Now, um, something to look into. But either way, doesn't matter if he's if he's officially uh, an advisor or not. Um, G. Roy will have a pipeline into Wally, and so will Chris Jones. Yes. Um, so I mean, just it would be you know merely a formality i don't know how involved he is on a day-to-day i know you know he's not in edmonton or anything like that but if he was i mean it doesn't hurt to have uh to have him on your side no no talk about the group one of the greatest coaches to ever coach um you can't put much above him i don't think is there anybody above him in your books don matthews would be in that conversation um i think when you look at what what john huffnagel did in calgary during oh. his tenure, um, yeah. you could keep going back through the history books, um, but definitely up there as, as one of the best. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Jake, you had a question about, you, as we finish up with Darren here, about um, his predictions. Yeah. So I kind of want to go with you, Darren, and the old man. CFL predictions. Um, who do you see playing in the Western Final? Western Final... I see a Calgary Winnipeg West final again. Calgary Winnipeg, old man. Again, he said again, like they did it last year. No. Oops, yeah. This, this other, other shoulder, other shoulder. He'll figure it out one day, folks. <laughs> you know it's going to be BC Winnipeg, except it's going to be different this year because BC is going to win. All right. I well, I, I, I lunch. Do you want to bet a lunch on this one? I'll take Calgary. You take BC getting to the who goes farther. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Lock it, lock it in. <laughs> then uh, we have the Eastern final, which I think is way more up in the air than the West. I mean, it West is. have Winnipeg as a lock. The only team I see that really is going to have a struggle to make the playoffs in the, in the West is going to be uh, Edmonton. You, I could see Saskatchewan being a toss-up between yeah. Saskatchewan, BC, and Calgary next year, this upcoming year. Um, yeah. East, it's all up for grabs. Um, who do you think is going to be taking the, it to the Eastern Final? It's really tough. You know, I, I really like the Argos um, running it back, but you got to remember they've got a new quarterback. And, you know, I know Kelly 
came into the game during the Grey Cup and ended up winning them that game, but he didn't play all year. This was McLeod Bethel-Thompson's team, and he was the league's leading passer, if I'm not mistaken, last year. And now he's gone. So that's a big void. Um, but I still like the Argos into the East final. And I'll take Bo Levi and the Hamilton Tiger Cats to get there too. Um, mostly because I like the, the, uh, the story of him, uh, you know, trying to prove everybody wrong. But I'm also a big Orlando Steinhauer fan as a coach. I really think he might be um, – he's up there as a, as a top coach in the Canadian Football League. Despite Hamilton's year last year, I'm really a big fan of his. I'm going to go with Hamilton Tirana. I think those are the All right. Those are the teams. I even though I don't like four down bow, um I'll explain that <laughs> comment later to you. Um he is going to have probably one of the best seasons of his career in my opinion. I think he's going to come out with attitude and whenever you have a talented player like Bo Levi with a burn his saddle, a fire under his feet, yeah. he's going to light it up. Um, they've got some good, they got, they added some of the receiving core. I think it's going to, uh, I honestly think Hamilton's going to be in the Grey Cup, which would be kind of cool seeing that it's in Hamilton. That would be cool. How cool would well, that be? Hamilton, Calgary. That'd be so cool. Well, that would, that would work out too well for TSN and CFL storyline wise. It would be a dream. That would be a dream. Um, it's always good when you can have the home team in the Grey Cup. Um, it happened there for a few years. I think BC was in it, right? Uh, yeah. Toronto and Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was three and three or if there was a year off in between, but um, yeah, BC was in it. Toronto was in it at home and, and Saskatchewan was. It'd be yeah. really great if Hamilton was in it at home. Um, would really invigorate that market. And if they played Calgary, that would just be a, a bonus. Can you imagine that? Just oh, the yeah. storylines coming out of that would just be yeah. insane. It would be fun to cover. Um, Very much. Yeah. And we're going to be in Hamilton um, for the Grey Cup coming up as well, which will be cool. That's right. Now, I mean, the old man kind of spoiled the next question. He believes it's going to be a Hamilton-Calgary <laughs> Great no, job. it's going to be Hamilton, B.C. I said it would be nice to see Calgary. Oh, sorry. Be, sorry. I'm predicting Hamilton, B.C. Hamilton, B.C. in the Grey Cup. Darren, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict Toronto, Calgary in the Grey Cup. Ooh. That'll be my prediction. Yep. Um, I'd like to see Hamilton, Calgary. Um, if, I, if I am cheering, that's what maybe I'll cheer for. Um, I like to also see the love spread around, the winning spread around. So um, all the great people in Toronto, they won. They can celebrate that. They don't need to win again. They can wait a couple years. Um, so that's – okay. but I'm going to go – but I'm, I'm predicting here uh, Toronto-Calgary. See, that's the thing about a, a city like Toronto, even BC, to a certain degree. Winning isn't going to change the crowd um, there. They have their base. They might yeah. get a few extras. But at Hamilton, you, you, they go on a run. They're gonna, it's going to be the hottest ticket in the city. And um, then come Grey Cup, watch out. It's going to be That's the biggest the party we've seen. Um, same thing. I mean, you look at Saskatchewan. If they put two or three wins together in the first two weeks, watch that stadium fill up. Yeah. Right? And that's what we need. That's, I mean, BC is doing a fantastic job with promo promoting the game. 
Um, yeah. Winnipeg, when I was out in Winnipeg last year at um, Thanksgiving, it was a mean nothing game. I think it was against Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. it was. Mean nothing game, but that stadium was rocking. It was so much fun to yeah. watch a game. You walked in and the electricity in the building, it was just like, whoa. We need more stadiums like that, do we not, Mr. DuPont? It's so great um, when you get people in the stadiums. I mean, there used to be rider games, and not that long ago, guys, oh. um, in Edmonton, where they would get 50,000 people into Commonwealth for a rider game. And it is unbelievable because the entertainment is there. The game day, you know, is there. It's, it is a lot of fun. Um, so hopefully we can get back there. Awesome. Awesome. Any other questions there, big guy? I, I got nothing else. I, I ran through my questions. Darren, thank you so much for joining guys, us. Um, pleasure. We'll probably have you back on mid-season, see how things are going. Yeah, you got my number anytime, guys. It's a pleasure being on with you tonight. Awesome. Thanks so much, Darren. Take care, guys. Excellent. Well, that was very insightful, especially when it comes to a lot of the things that we don't get to see how you get involved behind the scenes. Well, we've said it so many times, right, before we even started doing this podcast, is how do these guys get their job? Like, where does it, where... Where do they go? What do they do? Who do they know? Exactly. And a lot of times it's just being in the right place at the right time. Right place, right time, right moment in life. And of course, you got to have the talent because yeah. without that, you're not going to, um, you might get a shot, but you're not going to continue. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I don't know if you've ever heard Darren now that he's not on air, he can still hear me. I know he can. Um, now that he's not on air, I've heard him, some of his calls, He's fantastic. Um, I'd love to see new blood, as I've said many times on TSN, um, even on that just the panel or color color guy um, or play by play. Well, because I'm the not last a big couple fan of their color guys, as I've mentioned once or twice. <laughs> the uh, the newest uh, I am terrible with uh, names. But the newest play by play announcer for TSN. He's younger. I want to say he's closer to my age. And he's excited. He's calling the games yes. with excitement. Now he's sometimes partnered with color guys who aren't great. <laughs> and I think that takes away a lot from the presentation. That's the just CFL, our opinion. 100% our opinion. The, um, the presentation of CFL is done as if it's a middle or bottom of the, of the tier college football down in the States. Well, they haven't made any changes to their panel or anything in so long. It's just to the point now where it's boring. It's, it's, and I guess it's boring for us because we're fans and we watch every single game and it's the same thing over and over and over again. To a degree, I, I, a bunch of old guys talking about the old days. But that's a problem. So I always, compare it to other sports I watch. When I started watching UFC, and even still, when I watch UFC, Joe Rogan has some of the best insights. So does Daniel Cormier has the best insights as a play-by-play. Because they're explaining things that I don't fully understand. Exactly. Hey, that doesn't look like it's doing much, but what what that arm across here is doing is stopping their movement so they can, can maintain control. Genius. That's really smart. Now, listen to a Matt Dunnigan on color commentary. Oh, back in my day, I used to be able to make that throw. 
well, no, let's talk about the mechanics of how that throw didn't work because he was on the run and he threw off his back foot instead of his front foot. So the ball didn't go as far. Things it like drives me nuts. Huge, it, it, I, I, like literally if they never have that man on play by play again, I'd be happy. I, I just, I have a feeling there might be an old man rants about this at one point during the season. And you know where you can check out those old men rants? You can check them out at QSports.ca. And articles if they get posted. Well, I mean, it's a good thing I didn't post this article this week. <laughs> um, but I have started a series where I'm going to be do- going through and doing exactly what we were just talking about the color commentator should be doing. Uh, this week I basically posted an overview of what the CFL game is versus the NFL game. Next week I'm going to focus on some of the my more minute details of the game. How reading a defense as a quarterback is different in the at CFL than the NFL. Oh, how cool. how the lineups are, are going to be different um, and going from there. So each week I'm going to be putting out a new article to explain things and hopefully uh, capitalize on some controversial moments and explain rules that need to be explained because I find the us controversial. Expl- the, it's unheard of. The uh, explanations that you get while watching the game from TSN and the commentators aren't great. That's why some you might hear an old man rant every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, if you're tuning in on Mondays. Yes, that's right. While we have your attention and you're listening to this live or recorded, Mondays. Mondays are our new time. Day. 7 p.m. Mountain time. 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern. Very confusing when you're... Uh, trying to post things in one time zone and you're focusing on another because a majority of our fan base and, and our following is in BC. Yes. And in my brain, okay, six o'clock, we need to be ready for six o'clock. And then six o'clock comes around. I'm like, no, I have another hour. I need to wake because it's only five o'clock. Where's the old man? Where's the old man? <laughs> um, hasn't been that bad. I've done it once. I've gotten on and gotten ready, sat down. And I was like, okay, where is he? It's time. And then I'm like, oh, right. No, I'm, you're an hour early. It's better than being late. It is. I, I, I've never been late for this. I've been late for a lot of things in life. I've been on time every single time. You have. I've been impressed. Um, we did talk about it quite briefly. What's that? Getting Darren's opinion on it. What is your opinion on Sean Lemon being cut by you know, the BC Lions? It's funny because when I, we were at a family event um, last night, um, we had a games night, games day. And um, it popped up on my phone and I was shocked to, to begin with. I was like, what the, f-? I just finished writing an article about how, well, I was kind of going through every um, position, not every position, but a bunch of different positions on the BC Lions and how, what, what the outlook is in 2023. And I was like, Sean Lemon, adding Sean Lemon was massive for the defensive line. It's, they're going to be blah, 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 blah. So I told Jake he hadn't posted my article. So I told him not to. So I'm going to rewrite my article. And it will be up later this week. Hopefully It'll be up later this Wednesday. week. I'll probably write it tomorrow. And um, well, you just have to rewrite it. That's a nice thing. Is you don't have to do a whole new article. You can just rewrite well, it. I think I'm going to rewrite it. And the whole article is going to be on how training camp can be brutal for veterans we always think like i mean the last thing i would ever have thought is if someone would have said going into training camp sean lemon wasn't coming out of training camp 
unless like he was, unless he got injured. Yes, there's no. It would way. have been. I would have looked at him and said, "You're an idiot. We just signed the guy. Of yeah. course he's going to come out. He's going to start, and he's going to be one of our freaking stars. We're going to feature him." They literally did a huge article on him in the Vancouver province. Had him on global TV. They were focusing on Sean Lemonator. It was the thing. But when you get someone who's younger, who's had a shot in the NFL and, and made practice rosters and the actual roster. And he's a Canadian. And he's a Canadian. He doesn't take up an a international slot. Which is something that I, I think we should cover probably in depth next week. Yes. Is explaining the international versus domestic. I wonder who um, we could get on to help us with that. I have a few ideas. Do you? Because I don't. I have, I have one idea. I don't know if you could swing it with your connections. Okay. Um, well, we, we can talk about we, that. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Don't say it on anything. air. Don't say it don't on air. Advertise because, anything. Because that would be bad. Well, from what I've from, from what I've learned this last month is if you say things, <laughs> be prepared to defend them. Um, speaking of things we said last week, we talked about JT Miller. Or I guess it was a week, over a week ago now, 11 days ago. We talked about JT Miller trying out for, or trying to qualify for the PGA US Open. And I have to specify that because I've learned in my research here. There's a US Open, which is tennis, and the US Open, which is golf. Yes. And it's confusing and stupid that you have, just change the name. Change one of the names. Stupid golf I tennis people. Just you, why, why do you need why do you need the same name for one of them? So how did JT Miller end up doing? What did he shoot? What was his total? That was is his, what I am what's he, minus up right 20 now. Twenty or what was he? So we talked last week, right? And um, he had to be minus four, wasn't it? Below one point four, and Miller claims his handicap heading into the qualifier was minus one point two. Right. Which means he is better than a scratch golfer, better than par on an average day. Yeah. So if par is um, seventy-two, he's getting in the seventies. Uh, well, no. If he's par seventy-two, he's getting yeah, I guess seventy-one, seventy. I my brain did math wrong. Ignore me. I was reading something and you said things. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um. So. Hey, look at me. If, if Miller was able to shoot a one under on one under on Monday, I looked, I just didn't react. Um, he, if he would have been able to shoot a one under, he would have been able to qualify. Um, if he, but he didn't. Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Last time I looked, uh, birdie, he was plus six. A birdie on the third hole got him one under, but a bogey on par three. Uh, on the par three, fifth hole brought him back to par. Uh, he maintained par through the first nine, which is exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, back nine did not go well for him. No, no, um, no. He finished. He did finish six over par. Was it okay? Um, he did finish there, eh? Yeah. This um, article is written on Monday uh, when he was qualifying, and as of the writing, he was ranked twenty seventh. Um, which really you like he didn't qualify, and now it's a nothing burger story. But that's re that's really good. The yeah. fact that he's able to qualify for an event like this, or even attempt to qualify for an, a sport like this, or an event like this, in a sport that's not his. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He does have a lot of free time playing for the Canucks the last few years. He's got a lot of time to play on the golf course and, and refine that swing. And I'm not hoping like he's still playing hockey into this. And spring. I'm truly hoping that he can take things he's learns in golf and implement them into any, the hockey. 
and um, he's been playing a long time. A lot of it is is the mental game. Well, the mental game of it. Oh. Because golf is you versus yourself. It's not you versus anyone else. We don't know if he wrapped the club around a tree or not. We didn't watch. I feel like that would have been front page news in Vancouver. (laughs) That would have definitely been front page news in Vancouver. (laughs) Oh, too much fun. Which would have been great. Which would have been great. Um, Something I didn't bring up and write a, a beautiful graphic for because I just thought of it right now. Have you heard of the, have you been keeping tabs of what um, uh, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine have been doing? The GM Why? and VP of operations. Well, I mean, I know it's, there's no hockey on and, and you're, you're focused on football now. So just kind of wanted to update everyone. Um, okay. There is talks. We signed, of... some, we signed some people, didn't we? Nope. No. No. There has been talks uh, through the experts, the uh, the the, the Dar- Darren Draggers, the, the the smart people who who follow the hockey games, um, that the Canucks have a really keen eye on the um, Swedish player who's supposed to be going third overall, and there have been preliminary discussions about trying to move up to get that third overall pick. When 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 is the draft? Um, next month, sometime June. Yeah, I know it's in June. June. Something. I don't think they have. I don't think they have the exact date yet. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. June twenty eighth, a yeah, month and okay. six days from now. Yeah. Um, from the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. Um, That's right. they there are yeah tons of rumors that Patrick Alvine and Co are discussing trying to move up and get the third overall pick, which would be a huge boost to us. I don't know who how they, it's going to work. Who would you trade away to do that? You have to trade the 11th plus a whole bunch. Um, the only, th- the only thing like that makes sense. The, the only thing that makes sense to me is JT Miller. Yeah. Or I, I'm not putting this. I'm not putting this. I'm not putting this out there. I'm not Careful. putting this out there. I'm not putting that out there as rumor. This is the only thing that makes sense to me is that Thatcher Demko would be a part of that. Would have to be part of that deal. Those it's either them two, Patterson or Quinn Hughes, and you're not trading the latter of the two. You're not trading Quinn Hughes or Elias Patterson unless you're getting Connor Bedard, the second overall and the third overall of this year draft. Like that's the only way you make that deal. Well, you yeah, that's not even a. Who has the third right now? I believe it is Columbus. I can't. I mean, Columbus would be freaking excited to take a Miller because they're they could be literally playoff bound. Yeah, but they also need a goalie, right? So, do they instead of a Miller, do they take take a Demko and give up number three? But in this deep of a draft and how good this draft is, do you give up a a prospect who's unproven? Because really, I mean, even the number one pick is unproven in the NHL. Yeah, but... He hasn't played a game. He's unproven in the the NHL. Will he be amazing? Of course he will. The kid's going to be phenomenal. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you shouldn't be watching. Correct. Um, But is it worth giving up a third for a Demko or a Miller? For the right team? For the right team, I think it would. 
Yeah. And Columbus might be that team who, I mean, they really got, need a goalie. Um, I'm just looking up who their goalie is right now. And I, I don't think it's anyone of note. It might be Jonas Corpusalo, who is a good goalie, but not a great goalie, not a Demko level goalie. And you would assume you'd have to then take back a goalie for the, for the Canucks sake. But then you're, you're at that point, you're setting off a rebuild. And does Patterson want to stay for a rebuild? Does Hughes want to stay for a rebuild? Because right now you have whatever team wants. You have a top, you have an yeah, elite I, top five center. You have I a top five with defenseman. 11. With these guys and the ownership, the ownership pressure that the GM and VP of uh, Hockey Ops is under, it would not surprise me for them to make a drastic move this summer. The oh, second wait. bit of news... The second bit of news that's been coming out is that the uh, team has been looking at buying out one Oliver Ekman Larson. That I've heard before. Um, because the buyout would make sense this year, but it would straddle us with cap, cap, wow, cap commitment forever. How much though? Um, like, would, I guess the question is. So the first, so this year it would alleviate uh, $8 million of cap space. Next year, it would alleviate $5 million of cap space. And then 2.8 in 25-26 and 2.8 in 26-27. And then we would have $2.1 million for another four years after that on our cap book. That's nasty. So... If there is, because there is also rumors that the uh, NHLPA and the NHL are trying to negotiate to get a bigger raise in the in cap space for this next year, rather than just a modest $1 million raise, um, a small loan of a million dollars, some might call it. Um, they're asking for like three to four million and are going to make, uh, are willing to make successions on their hockey related revenue cut for the years moving forward. Oh, really? Talks, everything's preliminary, so there's nothing to officially report, but I believe that was from Elliot Friedman who was reporting on that. So okay, again, Friedman's sources... saying something, you know it's... Um, there's at least a, a glimmer of truth. He doesn't on. ask questions when um, there's nothing there. Exactly. It's like Eric exactly. Francis. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, he might ask questions when there's things there. That he knows about. I mean, um, but it's it's going to be an interesting offseason for the for the Canucks. There's so it much, there's so much movement, and I mean, if you're going to move, if you're going to make a big move, is Miller that move? And I know we've talked about it this past draft, or this like literally this past draft, the trade deadline all the way through the season. And then at the end of the trade deadline, we're like, all right, we're he's he's a Canuck for the next eight years. Yeah. But we there's got to July 1st. There's this there's this little bit of hope that we can. I mean, if you find the right team that's looking for a JT Miller type, what do you get back? And, and it's all about the return. Well, but if you trade away a Miller, and we talked about trading away a Miller or a Demko, yep. you're signaling a rebuild. I don't think you are with Miller. With Miller, you're not. You've got a young top five goalie. You've got a top five defenseman. You've got a top five center. You need the pieces around them. 
is JT Miller that piece around the team? He's so good when he when he's when he's good, he's so good. But when he's bad, you he's notice so it everything. bad. There's people and like I'll choose, I'll pick on Andre Kuzmenko because of it was his first year uh, first yeah, yeah. season last season. Yep. When he was good, he was great. When he, he was, was bad, amazing. when he was bad, you didn't really notice him. No. Which is what you want in a player. But with um, Miller, you noticed When he it. was bad, you noticed it. And was it because there was no one out scoring? Maybe. Maybe if if Pedersen was on his game and Brock Besser was scoring. Well, Pedersen was scoring pretty good, was he not? Not at the beginning of the season. No, he was not. Okay. Um, Don't get me wrong. He had a great, great second half of the season. Miller giving away the puck doesn't have anything to do with scoring, though, in my opinion. That's just, but, me- again, you talked about it. It's the mental game, right? Yeah, but... No. JT Miller giving up the puck when we're up three nothing, when we're up four and four nothing, and we're not giving up those leads. Does that make a difference? Yes. Does having a healthy Thatcher Demko? Because I said it before we even did the show, before Demko went on LTIR, that he looked hurt, that he looked like he was yeah. playing through something. He got hurt and was out. Oh, it's going to be a six week injury. Oh, it's a ten week injury. Oh, it's a it's a twelve week injury. How much yep. of that had to do with that? So I think so. I, I don't think he was healthy the whole season. And uh, the beginning time, of the season. He's a $5 million goalie who's, again, in my opinion, when he's on the top of his game, he is a top five goalie in the NHL. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So it'll, there's, and there's so many moving pieces with Tanner Pearson. Is he ever going to be able to play again after all of the, the shenanigans that he went through? Who's going to be playing with Quinn Hughes on defense? It's there's a lot of questions that are, are still up in the air with the with the Canucks, and we're not what even done. Sutter? Does he ever does he ever come back? Who? Brandon Sutter. No, I believe he is officially off the books with the Vancouver Canucks. I believe he is no longer with the team. Yeah, I think he's with the team still, isn't he? I'm looking at Cap Friendly, who I trust more than yeah. anything else. He is no longer with the team as of this year. He might have been. Like last year might have been his last season under contract. Oh, maybe. It also wouldn't surprise me if they were to sign him to a coach deal or something so he can continue with getting benefits throughout this process. Um, Unless he wants to go make another try with another team. Unless he's ready at that point because... I'm just, I just Googled it just so I can jump in here. After long COVID derailed career, Brandon Sutter has hopes he could play again two years he's been off yeah um but it doesn't look like he still can't well and when was that article posted this was march of 2023 march 13th of 2023 yeah so as most people know i suffer from long covid as well thus you'll see me coughing every once in a while um when i saw the brandon setter interview last year it was the end of last, last year, yeah. No, end last of last year? year. Yep. Like not, sorry, end of the 2022 season. Yes. Not the, not the end of the season that just passed, but the Correct. other one. Yeah. Um, it literally brought me to tears. Um, it was one of those moments in life where you're hearing a professional freaking athlete um, and he couldn't get a sentence, full sentence out without... <gasps> taking that deep breath that I have to do quite often, especially when it's really smoky out. 
Um, <clears throat> it was one of those, yeah, it was an eye opener for me. Um, I know what it's like, obviously not as a professional athlete. I was never a professional athlete, but I wasn't, I, I, I could walk up a flight of stairs and not, not be huffing and puffing. Yeah. I, I, now I'm walking up a flight of stairs and I'm huffing and puffing. I don't think he's ever coming back. Unfortunately, I think he's I, done. which is unfortunate because like he's a great player, great, great player. I mean, he never lived up to the expectations of his name. No. Well, cause but he, yeah, you never will like you uh, as a Sutter, unless you're, unless you're Daryl who now it, it like, honestly, I could see Brandon going into coaching like Why the not? way he, uh, again, all hearsay that he would talk like work with the newer kids. Yeah. Maybe that's something that the Canucks look into. I mean, the Canucks do bring on a lot of former players um, as coach coaches yeah. or advisors, right? So, um, well, it's something we can follow as we uh, go through till October and see what he's doing. I'm going to follow that storyline closely, just because it's kind of near and dear to my heart. And um, hoping, touch wood, hoping he can come back. That's fair. Well, everyone, I believe. We've done overtime as we normally do because it's our show and we can do whatever we want, but there's no, we don't have a producer in our ear being like, need to get out, need to time it out. No, we do whatever we want, which is great. Cause we're, we're, we're us. And we will be here live next week. Hey, did I tell you what happened today? No, you didn't. Didn't I? I, that I won a poker tournament and that oh, I got did, into another yes. poker tournament. And now I'm going to play another poker tournament. I get in on another big, big poker tournament. Anyways, carry yes. on. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> random fact of the day, folks. Next Monday, the 29th, we will be live here after the first full preseason week. Because this week, preseason week one had one game. One game. Um, this week, however, those two teams... Uh, or I guess one of those two teams is still playing. I didn't realize that Calgary. Um, Calgary goes into BC, don't they? No, we. Uh, so the BC Lions are at Saskatchewan, May twenty seventh, at four p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, okay. So um, it's that's not until our first June first. That's our first preseason. It's not until the June first that Calgary is at BC. And then BC at Calgary to open the open the season. Now, this is something I, I hope one day we can discuss with uh, minds of the game because my first thought here is you play Thursday, you play June 1st, and then you play Thursday, June 8th. You play seven days apart, one game preseason, first week is, is real. Do you have plays that you're practicing for the June 1st game that you're never going to see in a regular season game? Oh, 100%. Do you throw out weird formations for the preseason game or for week one, like you do, you have one game plan plan for team one preseason week three, because that's where you should see a quarter or a half for your starters for Vernon Adams. I'm assuming we'll see a half. And then we, we, I would give him a half. Yeah. Because he would, it's how, how long has it been since he started in week one? You're talking about no in uh, week three preseason week three. You give Vernon Adams. Don't we play two or we play three preseason games? No, there's three weeks. We only play two. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was confused. Yeah. Everyone only plays two, I believe. Yeah. Um, In the second preseason, he'll get a the sec. I think you play him the second half. Really? Second half? 
I think you um, play them the second half and you play to win. So you I don't, get into that I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think June, I think June 1st, you get maybe a half, maybe your first quarter and half of the second quarter. And you run things very lackadaisical. You hand the ball off seven out of 10 times. You're definitely not using your playbook, your season playbook. Or do you run your season playbook and then week one, you do some weird, crazy shit. Like, well, as, was- I, I'd love to have a conversation with a with a former coach or a GM or a player, even who went through that Ooh. to be able to explain it. Oh, we might we might be able to do that for next week. Now you know who I was thinking about. Was that who you were thinking about? That's exactly who I was thinking about. Okay, yeah, we might be able um, to do that for next week. That would be cool to hear somebody who's been through a preseason of. Someone who's been through that veteran process of the yeah, of exactly. Um, yeah, let's do insights. that. Um, see if we can arrange something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the show for the week. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at HSP underscore pod. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, same thing. Facebook, uh, Hughes Sports Podcast. You can also check out all our articles at HughesSports.ca. Um, like I said, keep your eyes out there. All sorts of new and fun information as well as check out InsideTheRink.com uh, where I'll be still posting a little bit less frequently because it is the summertime and a lot less stories going on about the Vancouver Canucks. Very Roman, where, cool. Where can they find you on social medias? They can find me at Kevin Hughes on Facebook and Kev Hughes 64 on Twitter. The Twitter machine. The Twitter um, machine. The Twitter machine, the Twitter machine, but uh, HughesSports.ca is the place to go. Um, and if you really like podcasts and you, I uh, haven't mentioned it the whole, well, I did a little bit during um, Darren's, but not really. If you like daily, if you like to get your daily fill of sports, tune into the Rod Peterson show. Um, great, inter, in, cool, introspective. Um, it's not a normal podcast it's not a normal um tv sports talk show because we call it kind of the um the seinfeld of sports talk because it's really not about anything that we don't he doesn't specialize in any one team he just it's rod it's rod giving his opinion and his opinion is pretty cool most times sometimes i'm like rod stop talking (laughs) But I love um, him. Just in case he's listening. I love you, Rod. Um, but yeah, you can find me at J Streams, J-E-H Streams on Twitter, as well as on twitch.tv, switch twitch.tv slash J Streams here. Um, I stream there every Tuesday and Wednesday. And this Saturday, I'm Saturday. actually doing Oh my god, Sorry, are you I'm do joking. something stupid again? <clears throat> no, this Saturday do I'm doing stupid again. We are doing a Half weight extra life day. So um, oh, for those of you who okay. don't know, um, every November I do a 24 hour stream with a bunch of friends uh, raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. And in my case, it'd be the Alberta Children's Hospital. Um, so far to date, I was looking back through some stuff um, today. <clears throat> I swear it's a smoke. I'm not getting emotional about it. But we've raised $2,200 over the last seven years, just myself. Um, as a team, I believe we've raised close to eight thousand dollars. So this um, year, let's push you well over the ten thousand dollar mark. Well, this year think? I have a stretch goal, which yep. um, on um, my stream you have talked. I have already talked about. Don't worry, it's probably the most mild. It is the most mild stretch goal. 
Donate Guys, goal. This is this is the guy who had to do a stream in a bikini, okay? Yep. And also I have to post eight months worth of pictures on a website that I will not mention here for fear of demonetization and, and, and oh, uh, the, uh, restrictions. The, those, the, that, the that. only pens websites um, posting uh, pictures. Don't worry. They are safe for work. Um, but all money raised through that will be for the extra life for this next year. But and I this refuse year, to go on that. Smart man. I refuse to go on it too. I have to every now and again. Next year or this upcoming year, if we reach... I want to double check my what my goal was. I believe it's sixteen hundred dollars. I said it to sixteen hundred dollars raised, and just I will just me just by myself. This isn't a team goal. This is a hundred percent JQs, J streams. My own personal goal. Sorry, eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred dollars. What are you? I will do? be doing a live open mic night. Oh, doing a comedy routine, doing a stand up comedy routine. Like at a bar um, or something. Bar, uh, a comedy shop somewhere. And I will bring along friends to videotape and record it. So if you guys can't attend live, um, you'll be able to watch it back on YouTube. And we'll probably do a watch long on stream as well. So I can tell you how nervous and terrifying that is. Because even though I'm very comfortable on stream uh, in front of however many hundreds of beautiful people listen to this show. In front of people, if it's 10 people or... Actually, five, this one's good. I'm going to make you get there. For If you put me in front of more than 10 people in a room, I am the worst speaker. Okay, guys. In front of a camera, and I can have, have 20,000 people watching me on camera, completely fine. How much we need? $1,800? $1,800. Um, what I will do is I will also put the link into the description of the podcast. Do that. Um, you're listening to right now. Um, I'll also post it up on, uh, we'll clip this out and we'll also post it on all the social media platforms. Dude, we've said goodbye like for eight minutes now. It's like, the, it's like that girlfriend you yes. had when you were in high school and you're like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Well, in that case, we thank you all for sticking around for an extra eight full minutes of your day. Uh, if you're listening, if you're listening uh, on like two times speed, that's only four minutes of your day. And we probably sound really swirly. People do that. Huh? Well, to me, that's a conversation for another time. I do it. You're insane. So on that note, I will see you beautiful humans next week to discuss more CFL sports around the league, including Vancouver Patriots. Have a great week. Go Lions.